Greetings. Welcome to In Conversation with Trevor, brought to you by the Nyaradza Group. I go beyond the headlines and beyond the sensational. Today, I'm in conversation with Professor Welshman Ngobe, the Vice President of the MDC Alliance of Zimbabwe, a businessman and a leading lawyer. Enjoy this thought-provoking conversation. Professor Walshman, welcome to In Conversation with Trevor. I know you are busy. You've been running around the countryside meeting chiefs. Welcome. Thank you for creating the time. Thank you, Trevor. Thank you very much. Tell me, Walsh, you say you've just been meeting with chiefs. What are the chiefs saying? Well, uh, it's, it's actually a distressing and a depressing picture that uh, they paint of the conditions of the uh, people that uh, they lead in the communities. Uh, they, they speak of uh, deprivation, they speak of general poverty, they speak of families who go for weeks and weeks without access to even a, a single dollar. Mm. They, they, they speak of the uh, frustrations as the uh, rains and sets in, all uh, families without uh, immediate access to seed, without immediate access to fertilizer, having to wait and hope for, for the state to provide those, and having to endure all sorts of political manipulation in order to be in the good books of those who have the power to distribute uh, those uh, products that are so essential mm -hmm. for, for their livelihood. So it's, it's not uh, a very, very pleasing uh, picture. One, one hopes that uh, uh, one day our, our country will get mm -hmm. out of this, this bind and this misery that our people face. Mm, well, you know, as you are talking uh, uh, Welsh right now, it pulls at uh, your heartstrings because these are human beings. What are you saying to them? Well, uh, we, I, we... Can we, you say anything? Yes, we... We, we have to uh, make sure that uh, we have hope. Uh, we, we have to be saying to people, it doesn't matter how difficult it is. We have to say that uh, there is always light at the end of the tunnel, that it is within our power to change uh, the condition of our people and the condition of ourselves. And that, in fact, that is the essence of democracy, that uh, we don't need to take guns, we don't need to fight anyone. All we need right now is to be committed to the democratic processes, to go and register as voters, no matter how difficult the processes are made to be. We just keep encouraging people, we keep encouraging traditional leaders to encourage their own people to register to vote and to seek peaceful transition, peaceful change in the hope that their vote will count one day, that we can have change in this country mm. which will deliver to people. In the hope that their vote will count one day, you are selling them this hope, you have been selling us this hope for a long time. If a pushback world is one of the chiefs that are sitting there and listening to you and say, well, I've heard you say this for 40 years, maybe 40 years is an exaggeration, <laughs> let me say 20 years. I mean, what, uh, 
yeah, register to vote Welsh, it hasn't changed my life, it hasn't changed my condition. What do you say when I push back as a chief and I'm talking to you like that? It, 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 it may be so, it may, it may have taken this long, it may have been difficult, lives even have been lost in the process. But there are inspiring examples in the region uh, for people to believe that uh, change is possible. We have examples uh, in Zambia, we have examples in Malawi. They might not have the full change that they expected, but change is possible when people come together, when people unite, in particular when the young people. Uh, me and you are in the twilight zones of our mm. lives, but they are young people. The young people, many of whom are in the diaspora, many of them can't even afford a car, have no homes, uh, they have no prospects under these conditions. So, so, but if people come together, if people unite, young people in particular like they did in Zambia, they take their own future into their own hands, it is possible. You, you, you cannot be cheated forever if you are united, if you vote in your numbers, and you make sure that you protect your vote, you make sure that the powers that are will listen to you when you vote in your millions in a particular way. Mm. That's, that's what we say. So the president comes back from uh, Zambia uh, after seeing the elections and says, if you think what happened in Zambia is going to happen here, you're fooling yourselves. Trevor, this, this takes me back. Takes me back. You remember you and me uh, as uh, teenagers at uh, high school in Zaligazi just before independence. You, you remember the vibrancy, the hope. Uh, you remember when we were there, the Lancaster House negotiations were taking place, they were successful. You recall that the first vote in 1980, which was taking place, we were we, we, we young boys, we were idealistic, who, who believed. In a, in, a different, in a different Zimbabwe. And, and regrettably, regrettably, uh, it, it is that dream, it is that idealism which uh, has been betrayed by the nationalists who led the liberation struggle. The Zimbabwe, you and me uh, foresaw that time, the Zimbabwe we yearned for has not come. What we have is this, this condition now. So, so that statement in itself, that statement to say, if you think what happened in Zambia can happen here, you are fooling us. What does it mean? It basically means someone is saying, if you think democracy can prevail here, you are fooling yourself. If you think the people of Zimbabwe will have a right to vote for the government of their choice, like the Zambians did, you are fooling yourself. That actually tells you that you have a nationalist group which has betrayed the aspirations, the ideals of the liberation struggle, which was about the freedom of the people, which was about the livelihood of people. But we are basically saying now, you are holding us in bondage. Mm -hmm. And we need to understand this betrayal. We need to fight against it peacefully. We need to use our vote, no matter how constrained it is to make sure that we change the condition of our people. There, there is a, a clear, uh, for me, Welsh, a clear intent on the part of President Nangagwa and, and ZANU-PF, particularly President Nangagwa, in terms of concentration of power. But it's clear whether what the intention is, Welsh. Uh, and uh, President Nangagwa wouldn't do this if he does not intend 
to lose the elections. It's clear where this roadmap is going. What, what are your views on the amendment, the judiciary, the appointment of prosecutors, the interfering with, uh, with uh, devolution before it, some of the provisions are being, are being implemented? To me, that says it's a, it's a flashing red light to 2023. It, am, am I exaggerating things? Far from it. You are, you are not exaggerating at all. Let, let, let me uh, contextualize this uh, in its historical context. For some of us, uh, we spend a great deal of uh, younger lives uh, struggling for a new constitution mm. uh, from the days where teaching at the University of Zimbabwe to the days uh, we were in the Constitutional Assembly, the National Constitutional Assembly, you recall I was the spokesperson mm, mm, of the mm. Constitutional Assembly. Uh, and for me personally, for me personally, uh, one of my uh, great in the satisfying moments was the day Zimbabweans voted in a referendum for a new constitution. Some of us genuinely believed that this was the first phase of a break with the past. Here we were, uh, here we had uh, not a perfect document, but a document far superior than many in the world, a compromise document, to which everybody signed up, whether you are ZANU-PF, MTC, or whatever uh, political formation you We all signed up to this constitution. We took to the, to the people. The people voted overwhelmingly for it. And it had certain fundamental features of it the independence uh, of the judiciary, the moving away from an imperial presidency, uh, uh, ensuring that elections will be free and fair, trying to create independent uh, institutions, in particular electoral ones. And, and, and for me, when we voted for that constitution, I thought at last we are moving in the right direction. So, so it is very distressing. Uh, that so soon after that referendum, mm. so soon after that constitution was adopted, uh, not only have we literally packed the constitution and ignored it, but we've begun to actually claw back on it. For me, um, one of uh, the, the things that uh, comes to mind looking back is that in spite of all Mugabe's faults, in spite of all the terrible things that were done under Mugabe's rule, the one thing that Mugabe never managed to do was to capture the judiciary. Uh, you, they would try, they would do all sorts of things. The magistracy in this country remained largely uh, free, largely independent to release people who were being wrongly detained, to acute, acquit people who were being falsely accused of crime, to allow people uh, out on bail uh, in terms of the bail uh, rules of this country. Uh, regrettably, what has since happened, what, what this particular regime has succeeded when Gabe failed, is uh, the capture of the judiciary. And, and that blesses all of us, blesses the liberties of all of us, blesses the rights of everybody, uh, blesses our very independence in jeopardy. Because the moment you have a judiciary that is controlled almost 100% by the executive, it is as if you have taken a pen and erased 
liberty, uh, freedom, and everything one by one. Mm. Welsh, you know, distressing. I'm looking for a better, a stronger word than distressing, um, because this uh, assault on our democracy, this assault on our constitution. And interesting that you, 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 your last statements right now, just they mirror my fear that whilst Robert Mugabe was this uh, monster, what Nangago is turning out to be because of uh, these, the constitutional changes, we are not, none of us is safe. Because if I can't run to a judge to make a ruling on a case fairly, I mean, I'll give you an example of me, um, they're taking away my citizenship. I went to a court. I was confident that uh, I'll get a fair trial. I got my citizenship back. I'm not so sure that were I to go to court, not so sure. I know that a judge who's going to preside over any case that I face is going to be a judge who's been captured. That's frightening. Extremely, extremely frightening because at the end of the day, the guarantee, the guarantee of your liberty, uh, the guarantee of the constitution, the guarantor uh, of, of everything that uh, we stand for are, are the courts of the country. The, the moment you can make no distinction between a minister and a judge, between a soldier and a judge, the, the moment you are not set A party activist and a judge. Exactly. Name it. So the moment all these lines are blurred, it basically means nothing, nothing is safe. The irony of it is not just not uh, those of us in the opposition, not just uh, the human rights defenders, not just ordinary people, but the ZANU people themselves, are not the safe. soldiers themselves are not safe because eventually, eventually <laughs> in court, because this is not a revolution, there's the expression that at one point or another, the revolution will eat its own children they will come for each other. And if at the end of the day we at least preserved the independence of the courts, we will all at least have the uh, feeling of safety that we can mm. go somewhere for an adjudication that will look at my case mm. independently and uh, uh, save justice at the end of the day. Well, I mean, as banning as this thing is, what are you as the MDC Alliance doing? Because for me, elsewhere in the world, this is where everybody takes to the streets and says, my rights have been taken away. I mean, some, I, I'm saying to somebody that it's as if somebody in ZANU-PF every evening decides how are we going to mess up the lives of Zimbabweans, like they did with electronic passports the other day. What are you guys doing? All, all we can do and what we are doing is, is to mobilize people is to go to communities. Uh, you would have seen uh, President Chamisa uh, doing his rural interface. He has practically now uh, been to each and every rural province in this country, except for the Midlands. He's still due to go to the Midlands. We, we have seen the response of the people uh, to, to these interfaces that he's having. Uh, it, 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 it is false 
to uh, believe that uh, the rural voter is a ZANU supporter, that the rural voter is happy with the condition of the country, with the condition of the people. They are not. But what we can do, what we can do peacefully and lawfully, and what we can do with our commitment to constitutionalism, with our commitment to legality, in spite of all the obstacles which are being placed on our way, in spite of all the threats to, to President Chamisa, for instance, in, in spite of all the threat uh, of, uh, of doing harm to him, I can tell you that uh, as, as we speak, mm. he, he, he was in Bulawayo recently and uh, someone decided to uh, say that he was going to vic visit uh, victims of dysentery in Chabalala. Uh, and ZANU-PF went into a wild mode, organizing uh, to prevent him from... What sort of a country prevents political people from interfacing with ordinary citizens? What are you hiding? But uh, I digress. I, I, the answer to your question is that we are doing everything, if you like, to remain embedded in communities, mm. to talk to people, to mobilize people, to, to basically tell people that there is an alternative Zimbabwe. There is a better Zimbabwe. And it is within our power, if in all our millions, we go and vote for change in this country, we go and vote in particular for Chamisa in the next elections, if we vote overwhelmingly in one direction, are an you, election is unstable. Are you encouraged by what you're seeing um, around voter registration for 2023? Are there any things that are worrying you, any red flashing lights? There are lots of things that worry us. Let's talk about that. There are lots of things that worry us. Uh, firstly, uh, it is worrying uh, that so far we are not yet receiving the enthusiasm, in particular from young people, mm. that we expect. We expect the number of young people taking their future into their own hands to be higher than they are at the moment. So it's, 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 it's a sort of a disappointing, but it is our job, it is our work to change it, and we're working to change it. Uh, secondly, it, it, it is uh, worrying us that there is a determined effort by the state to uh, delay, uh, to prevent voter registration. You will know that we have been told that there will be a voter registration outreach uh, in December. Mm -hmm. uh, December is there. We have been told it has been postponed uh, indefinitely. And uh, we asserted that this is deliberate uh, to ensure that uh, during the uh, festive season when people are, uh, are not at work, uh, people will not have the opportunity to go and register. We are concerned that it is also an attempt to ensure that those Zimbabweans who are in Botswana and South Africa and Zambia will be here during the, these holidays, oh, will not be able to register if you push it mm. to February, March. You are excluding those from registering. And also, uh, it, it ensures that the younger people, who are the ones who are not on the voters roll, the ones who are not uh, yet 18 in 2018, will not be able to register. You probably do this uh, minimally at the last minute uh, in a hurry to mm. ensure that you remain with the, you and me, mm. the old ones, mm. uh, on the voters' roll who are more likely to uh, say, well, 
uh, change is not possible, continue with the status quo. So, so all of these things are, are mm. worrying to us, mm. but uh, it's our responsibility to, to make sure that notwithstanding all of these obstacles, we mm. do all we can mm. to ensure that as many people as possible re register, as many young people, regardless of whether they're in urban areas or they're in rural areas, they register so that they can take mm. uh, their future into their as Nyaradzo, we strive to continuously bring convenience to our clients. Nyaradzo Group is proud to introduce Sawi, a new virtual chatbot assistant on WhatsApp. With Sawi, you are now able to interact with us from the comfort of your home and can be assisted anytime via WhatsApp. With life assurance products, diaspora products, applying and assessing your policy, payment platforms, claims information, and any other queries concerning payments, policy information, or products and services. Simply WhatsApp Sawi on plus 263-712-992892 or register and start interacting and receiving notifications from Sawi on WhatsApp. Now, join in and experience a new level of convenience 24 hours a day with Sawi. Bushmen, we have been here before um, in terms of uh, the worries that you have, in terms of uh, knowing that, to use um, uh, a phrase that's become fashionable, that the environment is rigged, the terrain is rigged. Do you as MDC Alliance have minimal participation conditions? Um, so that the, the public is clear. If ABCD is not there, we are not going to be part of this. We are not going to be part of this charade. It's not a democracy. Do you have those? Are you contemplating those? So that you don't raise the people's hopes for them to be crushed. Uh, we, we do not want Trevor to be sending mixed uh, signals to people. We, we don't want to be saying uh, to people there is an alternative uh, that route that you can take to change other than voting when we have not uh, thought out that alternative route. Uh, our position is that the, the only democratic way, uh, the only peaceful way, mm. uh, notwithstanding whatever obstacles are placed in the way of democracy and in the way of people, mm. is an election and the right to vote. So we, we are doing everything to achieve that. It, it, it doesn't matter even if uh, the environment is rigged. Uh, millions of people determined to achieve change millions of people determined to achieve change millions of people determined to protect their vote on the day of voting and on the day of counting cannot be rigged that i am certain of that we are certain of which is why our message is consistent we can beat these people at their game we can win an election we have won these elections before we have been raped before because we have not in the past mobilized sufficient numbers of people to overwhelm mm -hmm. the rigging. And we think if we can overwhelm the rigging, a change will come to this country. Mm. Um, are you getting through? Is that message getting through to the public? 
Yes, I, I believe we are getting through to mm -hmm. the public. I believe those who are listening to us today are getting the message also. I believe that in the a rural interface that President Chamisa has been doing, that message of hope, that mm. message of belief. In fact, I must say that one of the things that people have been saying to, to President Chamisa, don't ever contemplate walking away from the election. Trust in us, believe in us. So the people are very clear mm. okay, to us. Don't contemplate walking away from the election. We will fix this thing. Mm. So, so the, the response as far as we're concerned is encouraging, is promising. What matters is that on the day of the counting, every vote is mm. made to count. Mm. Well, shall we take you to, um, you, you, we, you and I grew, grew up almost, uh, you know, together. Ziligaza together. Um, university so, together. university together. Um, in Magwegwe, when we grew up, Welshmen, uh, my mother in the evening would give me uh, two bottles of uh, milk and put two and a half cents in each one of them. At 6, a, 6 p.m., I'd put the bottles outside, go to bed, get up in the morning, there's two bottles of milk, one with a yellow top, the other one with uh, a green top. It was full cream milk, and uh, the other one was uh, sort of uh, light, uh, light milk. If I do that today, the two bottles will be gone, not to talk about the money, it will be gone. That's the first story that I want to, to share with you. The second story, I was having a haircut, and my barber shares a story, he says, these days it's, it's so, you get into a combi, you are harassed by the driver and the, the taxi, uh, the taxi driver and, and uh, the uh, the guy who collects the money. You can't challenge them because they will do something to you. And I say to him, um, in the combi, is there MDC and ZANU-PF? He says, no, it's just us alone. So I said, exactly my story. It's not MDC and ZANU-PF that are a problem. It's you and the people in the combi. Point number one. Point number two, the people would have stolen the bottle in Magwegwe today would not be MDC and ZANU-PF, it would be us. The point I'm trying to make, and I want to hear what your pushback is, Welsh, is that the 30 years of ZANU-PF brutality, dictatorship, has changed our DNA. It's changed who we are. What's your response to that? I, I, I will say a greater part of the change that you are referring to uh, has not even taken place uh, in the third years. Uh, it has taken place since the coup uh, in 2017. Uh, you probably could have gotten away with the bottle and the two and a half cents uh, in 2016. You could have found. Why is that so? Mm. They found the man. But mm. <laughs> not now. 100%. Why is that so? Mm -hmm. Because we have been in the city a normalized extreme corruption in this country. If, if there is anything that has happened uh, since the uh, coup is that we have a government in place which people are watching. Uh, where uh, looting, uh, looting is, is, 
free for all. I, I used to, uh, may his soul rest in peace, uh, used to uh, fly sometime with uh, Simon Kaya Moyo, the late from here to mm. Arad, and Zanu uh, PF as he was, and he used to make the joke, uh, say, Prof, Lapa Kualiwa, Kuakapuwa. Uh, basically uh, saying the corruption was now so pervasive uh, people were not just eating using their hands and fingers oh, fingers and all their arms and, and that's the level of corruption and it is that corruption where everybody thinks it's a free for all and and uh, and again I refer to President Chamisa on this I, I, I always say to him uh, your biggest challenge should you uh, get to state house in this country will not even uh, be about economic policy, about all those important things that we need to do to fix the country. Your biggest challenge will be how to deal with corruption in this country. It's so pervasive, it's so deep, it's so entrenched. Uh, everybody, everybody believes that uh, they must do a corrupt act in order to get by. On a daily basis, and, and for me, uh, that is the saddest part. And your analogy about the money and the milk, the theft thereof, is symptomatic of a rotten system, a system which is so corrupt to the core, uh, from the top. There, there's an expression that a fish rots from the head, right? And, and that is where we are in this country. It's so sad. Uh, I, I just to give you another anecdotal thing. I, I, I had a client come to my office whose farm uh, has been invaded uh, by Chinese miners who has, have no permit, have been invaded by Makorokozas. Um, and uh, he was telling me, look, I, I went to the police for help. Uh, the police were keen to come. Hmm? And they came in their numbers. Uh, the first day, they talk to people, tell them they must leave. And he says, legally, did I know that they were there simply to establish contact? So that uh, these panas and uh, all of these Chinese people on the farm will start to pay tithe, as it were, to the police. So that they now collect. Uh, so the people are still there. The police are coming in regularly to, to collect their share of, of, of the gold. And, and this is yesterday. This is just a I'm laughing, but that's a heartbreaking uh, uh, world. We are a broken society. Does uh, Nelson Chamisa get that? That the, the, the challenge, like you're putting it, is not the roads, it's not the infrastructure. The challenge that he faces is how he's going to change that and how he's going to change that. Absolutely. I, I, I think, I think uh, he, as a leader, understands that. I think the collective leadership of the MTC Alliance understands that. Uh, and the, the most difficult thing is actually to change the mindset of the people. But leadership sets a good example. If, if you have a leadership which leads by example, mm. you have a leadership which is incorruptible, a leadership which does no shortcuts, a leadership which punishes the corrupt, which allows the law to take its course on corruption and on all illegalities, people will quickly realize that 
indeed this is a new dispensation not a fake one this is a new dispensation that we must go back to our values of humanity we must go back to our values of respect we must go back to our values of hard work our values of honesty so that we can build our country are you surprised by the way things have turned out in fact, am, am i as na was i naive you are not naive talk to me in about fact, that even without refreshing i was going to to say that uh, yes uh, I was and I am as disappointed as you were, but I was not and I'm not surprised. Uh, as, a, as a student of history, as a, a student of a constitutional history, as one who spent a, a great part of his younger thinking mm. life teaching constitutions and teaching comparative constitutions, uh, I knew, I knew instinctively that uh, nothing good ever comes from a military coup. I knew. Uh, when it was time to march, I was here in Bula, I was supposed to lead the march here when Mkabe um, was doing his uh, Asante San uh, statement. Hmm? Uh, I refused to do that work because everything in me just told me that this was going to end uh, badly because uh, unconstitutional raptures uh, basically set wrong precedents. And on the, on the first day of the processes leading to the coup, we're actually having a meeting of the MTC Alliance at Trangirai's house. And I was chairing that meeting. And uh, Trangirai was already unwell. He was in the house, but he was not in the meeting. A call came through. Mm. We were about to do a press conference. And obviously these people were connected every eight minutes. Some of the people were with us were in direct comms with uh, those who were carrying out the coup. A call came through. Trangirai's mm -hmm. uh, uh, PA, uh, said, I, I must come and take that call. The person introduced themselves as a, a Lieutenant General so-and-so and say, whatever you do, whatever you do, do that press conference. If for one second you uh, condemn uh, what we are doing, we will be there. We will be there and you will not like our boots. Right? Uh, so I said, okay, sir. You have never shared this anywhere. No, You're sharing no. this for the first time. I wow. I haven't. A world exclusive for you right there. Please proceed. So, so I put the phone down, mm -hmm. went back, and uh, said, guys, uh, this is the call uh, that we just got. Mm? Uh, the rest is history. The rest is history. But uh, I'm sharing mm. this in, in order to say, if that act, mm. if it was an act of liberating us, it would not have started for me personally with that threat. Mm. The very fact that there was that threat told you that uh, nothing good was going was to going come, to come out, out of this. Right. Uh, I take no pleasure in, in saying uh, that uh, I knew. Uh, I also secretly hoped that maybe, mm. just maybe, mm. maybe, we might have a break with the past. Mm. But, uh, it's called a uh, delusion of relief, you know, <laughs> <laughs> because you are pressed so hard. You're hoping that, uh, wow, wow. Um, let me press you now. 
on 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 you 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 are a um, student of constitutions and constitutionalism. The, there is a, a sour taste around the way that Nelson Chamisa took over the leadership for, for MDC. Do you concede that it was problematic? How do you explain it? Um, difficult, tough question. May say. Uh, with the benefit of hindsight, uh, people may say uh, a lot of things. With the benefit of hindsight, people might say things could have been done differently and the outcomes might have been different in terms of the judicial processes which led to the chaos we have now in Parliament mm -hmm. uh, and so forth and so on. Uh, I concede that. But uh, let us understand that at that time, the, the constitution these guys were using, the MDCT constitution, gave what appeared to be the options which were exercised. Let, 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 let mm, me plant mm, as, as I understood sure. it at that time. Mm, mm. As I understood it at that time. Uh, it, it was being said, and there was the script of the constitution, that the National Council of the MDCT, in between Congresses, had the authority and the power to exercise uh, the authority of Congress. And it was argued at that time that uh, it was best for the National Council to exercise that authority of Congress mm -hmm. in order to avoid having to go to a Congress uh, when an election was only a few uh, months away. So a deliberate choice was, was made. Let us invoke those constitutional provisions. Let the National Council appoint a, an interim president and later let it appoint a substantive president so that we go to an election without having to go to a divisive congress. So that choice was made. Mm -hmm. it, it turns out that uh, on the construction of the courts later on, this should not have been the choice mm -hmm. that, uh, that was made. But it was made sure. in good faith sure. for a good reason. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, I think it is wrong to then blame the person of Chamisa, the individual, Chamisa the individual, to say you acted in a manner which was unconstitutional. The collective, some of whom, the committees of this world, some of whom were leading in saying, let us do it this way. And it was done this way. Constitutional provisions were cited, which appeared to legitimately grant that option. So now with hindsight, uh, I, I say perhaps people should have just pressed themselves up for a Congress and say, so be it, mm. uh, however difficult, whatever potential of being divided by ZANU-PF, let's go for it. Uh, Chamisa still was the most popular among the contenders, mm. and I have no doubt that he would have won that Congress, uh, hands down. So, so with the benefit of hindsight, it could have been done differently. Mm. But let us remember that the choices were made in good faith, were made um, with the constitution in front of people, and, and, and uh, the rest, uh, the rest mm. is history. Mm -hmm. um, the problem with that, and I hear you um, completely, is that as the opposition trying to replace a corrupt political power, a, a party rather, 
that doesn't respect its own constitution, that doesn't respect the constitution of the country, the bar is higher for, for the opposition. And in this instance, um, as you're saying, with the benefit of hindsight, it does look like you, did, you, you failed to make the bar. It raises questions. Point number one. Point number two, that Welshman comes at the back of uh, the conduct by MT, may his soul rest in peace, which caused the major division, which caused you to leave MDC in the first instance. So if this political party is already showing us a trend and a pattern that they're no different from ZANU-PF when it comes to observing their own constitution, when it comes to being law-abiding their own laws, respecting their own constitution, how do we trust them to run a country and not expect them to behave like ZANU-PF? Talk to me about that. Trevor, there was no deliberate uh, opting out of the party constitution, none whatsoever. Uh, what was done was to look at the constitution mm -hmm. and to then uh, look at the political challenges and the political options. During a particular option to avoid a, a Congress uh, during an election campaign season was taken. Mm -hmm. a, a specific constitutional provision existed mm -hmm. which said the National Council could do this in express terms. And people opted for that in good faith. Uh, fair and fine. Uh, the Supreme Court disagreed um, and uh, elected another, another option. But let us remember this. Let us remember mm -hmm. this. Mm -hmm. Democracy is not innate in human beings. Democracy is not inborn in human beings. Uh, democracy is fought for every day. Uh, all our best instincts as humans uh, are, in my view, anti-democratic. Uh, you offend me, I want to hit back. You do this, I want... Mm. But those are not the civilized democratic ways of doing this. So we have to constantly fight for them. And in the MDC alliance, we are committed to this. We know it is difficult. Mm. We know it is not easy. The day we say it's a walk in the park, park then we know we have lost it. We must constantly reinforce our commitment to democracy. We must constantly remind ourselves that where we fail, where we fall short, we will strive to do better. And, and that's our commitment to the people uh, of Zimbabwe. Uh, I, I disagree that there is any similarity at all with ZANU-PF. Uh, there isn't. Yes, we, we could do things better in some instances, but there is no similarity, there is no uh, chalk and cheese. We, will, uh, we and ZANU-PF are literally uh, chalk and cheese. We will, do, we will never kill people in order to get into power. Freedoms of, we, we will uh, never deliberately trample on the freedoms of the people. We will not, in, on any given day, uh, capture the judiciary so that we perpetuate our own power. So, so we are very clear in uh, uh, that we are very different. Uh, that leads me to this. You have a current regime which believes that they are in power for power's sake. Uh, again, the contrast with Mkabe. Whatever Mkabe did, uh, they remained at the very least an ideological, rhetorical commitment to the cause of the people. Even, even if sometimes it was fake, 
but they always articulated an ideology of service to the people, even when they were serving themselves. But we now have a, a regime which is unable to articulate an ideology about service to people. It, it is a regime which articul articulates an ideology uh, of service mm. to themselves, which is why uh, earlier on you say President Nangakwa comes back from Zambia and mm. says the things mm. he said, mm. because uh, it's not about people anymore. Mm. So, but we are light years mm. uh, from that sort of thing. The, the point, point, point Mad, um, um, let me, keeping within the MDC uh, thing, one of the most disconcerting things, um, I think to your supporters, to me, um, as a former supporter of MDC, is uh, the divisions within MDC, you know. How do you explain that? Is there, we had Patisanyati um, sitting where you're sitting, and Patisanyati says, I have decided I'll never engage in politics because I have read a book that tells me that in politics there's always a, a CIO or CIA hand, CIA hand. Do you ascribe this to the state maneuvers, intelligence maneuvers to divide MDC? How, how do you explain Komichi and them doing what they're doing, Monzora doing what he's doing? The, the, how many MDCs do we have? Ten MDCs? I mean, how do you explain that, uh, Welshman? I, I think there are various explanations uh, in terms of the things that have happened historically, in terms of things that continue to happen. Uh, the most obvious one is infiltration, mm, particularly now. Uh, uh, you, You're convinced there is infiltration? There is always infiltration. There is always infiltration. Right? Uh, which, which is why you have counterintelligence, mm -hmm. you have military intelligence. Now that you almost have direct military rule, uh, which all soldiers, all militarists believe in that you must always be one step ahead mm. of your enemy. I, I don't usually budge in. I want you to finish sure. that thought. But I, I thought as you're finishing that, that sentence of yours, for me it then says the men and women who are in opposition wanting to give us a new government are so easily bought. I thought they stood for principles and values. Let me pack that as yes. you, as you no, answer that question. I'll build from <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's not always that people have been bought. Mm -hmm. uh, many have been deployed for years and years. I see. For, you, you and me at university, you knew there were students, uh, even in student politics. Who were part of the system. Who were part of the system. Who came to study as officers, intelligence officers. Mm -hmm. we, we lived mm -hmm. with them then. They mm -hmm. were there everywhere. In this hotel, <laughs> at the reception there, they are deployed there. Eh, lots of doesn't matter where you go. There, there are state agents everywhere. And and I was saying before you, mm, uh, I interrupted, interrupted you. It was. I was saying now that we have uh, an indirect uh, military role, mm. you have people who, by strategy, believe that you must always infiltrate the enemy. So expect that as mm. a matter of state policy, mm. infiltration is everywhere. So, so not just infiltration of those who are already employees being deployed to join, but uh, also converting a genuine cadres to be informers. Mm. The, 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 the struggle against uh, this regime, Trevor, has been long. Uh, he has been very long. 
I, I, I will uh, give you, let me not name him, hmm? one of the people recently defected uh, to ZANU-PF uh, in that those people were welcomed the state house. One of them said, but we're together, you lost properties, your home was destroyed, how do you end up there? Mm. He says, look, uh, I am almost 70 years old, uh, I have nothing, I have been in this struggle, and maybe it's time mm. that I look after Trevor, he says. Look at right. after number one. Exactly. Right. So, so that happens. Uh, thirdly, thirdly, so I'm saying that uh, the, the struggle has been long mm. Mm? and has been challenging. And people get tired. Mm. Mm? People get tired. People seek shortcuts. Mm. And uh, they contribute mm. uh, to, to, the, to the divisions. But uh, fourthly, uh, individuals are individuals. There, there is inherent mm. overambition. Mm. Uh, some of the people who jumped onto the God sent to them Supreme Court judgment, uh, in our assessment, uh, some of them were not necessarily urgent, some of them were not bad, but uh, they simply saw a shortcut. Uh, to the top to where of the they've political, wanted to go. And, and they jumped into mm. that uh, bandwagon. But also remember, remember, I, I want you, uh, the ordinary uh, viewer uh, of your show, mm. might not know. I, if you look at the MTC Alliance Gweru Congress, mm -hmm. each and every person who jumped onto the bandwagon of the Supreme Court and mm -hmm. lost. Uh, the members, the owners of the party rejected them. Whether they were contesting for vice president, they were contesting for uh, being treasurer general, for whatever national chairman, it, it, it is a combination of people uh, who lost. Only one person, only one person there, a woman won the position she was contesting. The rest lost. Mm -hmm. And uh, why am I saying this? Mm. I'm saying this in order to say, here are individuals who are seeing themselves as vice president of MTC Alliance. Here is an individual who is seeing himself as president or whatever. But uh, the people spoke uh, the, in a the different The owners way. of the party said, not yet. Mm. Mm? But mm. The, the, the ambition which uh, uh, overleaps over itself, you, you recall, uh, you, you read uh, Shakespeare in Zilegas, I, I, I remember. Uh, where, where you get uh, the, the scene uh, for Lady Macbeth, with Macbeth uh, the literally Shakespearean tragedy. Yeah. Most of these characters, they, they basically dumped their political careers in the dustbin by uh, being overambitious, wanting to get to where the people speaking at Congress said you shouldn't get there. So all these things combine to sometimes create this. But it doesn't matter. Mm. What matters is what, what does the ordinary voter in Zimbabwe mm. believe can deliver change to them. Mm. I have no doubt in my mind uh, that at this particular historical moment, the people of this country see Chamisa as their best hope for change. As Nyaradzo, we strive to continuously bring convenience to our clients. Nyaradzo Group is proud to introduce Sawi, a new virtual chatbot assistant on WhatsApp. 
With Sawi, you are now able to interact with us from the comfort of your home and can be assisted anytime via WhatsApp. With life assurance products, diaspora products, applying and assessing your policy, payment platforms, claims information, and any other queries concerning payments, policy information, or products and services. Simply WhatsApp Sawi on plus two six three seven one two double nine two eight nine two or register and start interacting and receiving notifications from Sawi on WhatsApp. Now join in and experience a new level of convenience twenty four hours a day with Sawi. There's that infiltration, there's uh, people being ambitious, um, but there's been rumors, Welsh, that you yourself are a CIO plant. Uh, is that part of the infiltration? Is that part of shaking the tree? What's your response to that? Uh, let, let, let me perhaps uh, say that uh, as a person, as mm. a human being, uh, one of the most hateful things which have, uh, has been said about and of me is that very accusation mm. uh, that uh, I am a CIO agent. Uh, when I was younger, um, particularly around the uh, first split of the MTC in 2005, and that was being thrown at me, I would be so distressed. Mm. Uh, there were times when I would a simple stay at home because I found it extremely, extremely hurtful. But it's self-evidently not true. Mm. Uh, it, it is a lie and uh, regrettably those who started propagating it knew it to be a lie and it has been repeated and repeated. Uh, not only have I never worked as an agent of the system, I have never been a member of uh, of ZANU-PF and I can uh, confidently say I will never be a member of ZANU-PF. The, the, the only time I ever had a ZANU-PF card uh, was during Gugurahundi. Uh, my mother in the village was forced to to buy ZANU-PF mm. cards mm. for all of us. Mm. And uh, so I became a nominal <laughs> member of ZANU-PF with a card that uh, my mother bought in the village because uh, during the Kukurawundi days, uh, uh, they were being forced at home mm. uh, to uh, bear allegiance to ZANU-PF. Uh, but otherwise, uh, I'm not a member of ZANU-PF. Uh, I have never been, never will be. Where do you think the rumors come from? Why? What's, what's the intent behind it all? I, I, I think uh, in, in my case, mm -hmm. it was always to delegitimize, mm -hmm. uh, to uh, sort of disqualify mm -hmm. the uh, issues that uh, were dividing us mm -hmm. at that time. Mm -hmm. um, and in order not to deal with the issue for debate, uh, you, you end the debate by calling someone a CIO. Uh, it's not different from uh, those who grew up in a village who know that the moment you are unable to sustain an argument and you say to somebody, 
uh, call them by any part of their mother, you are bringing the mm. argument uh, mm. to, an to an end, end. and transferring it to a physical uh, fact. So for, for me, uh, if you are unable to debate somebody, if you are mm. unable to deal with the issue over which you are in disagreement, mm. you then label them. Mm. And therefore, whatever they say mm. uh, is sort of delegitimized. Mm. Well, you, you've just shared a, a painful moment now. You also have another painful moment, and I'll read your words, which for me touched me. This is following the MDC uh, division. And um, if they are not, these are not your words, let me know. But uh, you are quoted as saying, the most painful and hateful period in my life was October 2005 to February 2006, the period of the MDC split. No other period in my life have I suffered more pain, more hate, more agony. It is something I reflect on regularly and ask if we could have done things differently if there could have been another outcome. I regret the split of the MDC daily, but I take heart in that if the situation that we were in was to present itself again, I would take the same route. Are those roughly your words? Correct. Correct. Mm. Do you still regret? Yes, ab absolutely. Everything that uh, you're reading there. Uh, is, is something I, I felt mm. uh, very closely uh, and, and felt the, the pain of it. Mm. R remember that uh, the idealism around the formation of the MDC, the coming together mm. of progressive forces in the country to present a united front against ZANU-PF to, to present an alternative uh, to uh, what we had at that time. It is something that uh, I held dear. Uh, I didn't have to be doing politics. I was uh, dragged to do politics mm. largely by uh, Gibson Zibanda and I agreed and I agreed that I would do politics for a short while. And uh, genuinely believed that I was putting my shoulder on the wheel to contribute to the progress of, of, of this country. Mm. And, and, and the things which divided us in 2005 uh, went to the heart of what we, we believed we were uh, about. Uh, the, we uh, believed that the things we were doing were about an alternative democracy, mm. a democracy where the collective as opposed to the singular, the individual decides where we debate. Mm. And if the debate is won by a majority, you go by the majority, no matter how wrong you mm. think the majority were. Those were the things that uh, we believed in, mm. I believed in mm. uh, dearly. For, I think, you just hold the thought again, I just want to set the context to the viewers so that they understand that the, the, there was a decision whether MDC should participate in the Senate elections. And uh, your National Council voted 33 to 31 for, for participation. MT, may so rest in peace, came and, and took a position that was contrary to the majority uh, position taken by uh, the National Council. Am I capturing things right there? Yes, you are. But let me add a little bit detail. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the, it was not just the vote um, on that day. We had debated this uh, weeks prior mm. to the vote. We, the debate had been inconclusive. 
we had then said, look, what must guide us are mm. the views of the people uh, through the provinces. So we instructed the 12 party provinces to go and do uh, the uh, consultations and report back mm -hmm. so that we will then be guided by the uh, views of the membership of the party. Mm -hmm. But that didn't end the debate. It was then said, no, 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 that was just meant to be a guide. Hmm? <laughs> uh, we must now individually take a decision mm -hmm. as National Council. We then re-debated again. Uh, I recall uh, Roy Bennett, again, may his soul rest in peace, saying, whatever you do, don't vote. That would be the biggest mistake mm. that you make. That would be the... And, and lots of people said, let's not vote. Mm? Uh, unfortunately, uh, a lot of people said, let us vote. Uh, and uh, expressions like, umlam langunzi, vote, mm. were used. Mm. So eventually we voted. So it's fine. We voted. And the vote was, as you said. Mm. And uh, regrettably, uh, our leader then, MT, said, uh, look, uh, you may have voted, but uh, I will not be bound by the vote. And uh, he went and did a pressure at his house uh, to announce a different result. That was the trigger of everything else. So we were confronted then mm. uh, by the challenge do we uh, accept that uh, one or two persons can overrule mm -hmm. a collective decision of an organ, uh, the supreme organ of the party in between congresses? Mm -hmm. So that was the challenge. This is why it was very distressing. Mm -hmm. This is why you, you are literally caught between a rock and a hard place. Mm -hmm. uh, do, do you... Uh, turn around and say, that's fine, uh, we are a democratic party, uh, but this has happened, uh, let us ignore it, or do you say, look, uh, this is a red line, and so forth and so on. So th this, this was the challenge at that time, and it, it was a painful challenge. Um, if one could alter the facts, uh, I could alter the facts. Pre press rewind. And, but you say in the statement, were this position to present itself, you'll take the similar route, meaning you believe you were? Yes, it basically means mm -hmm. uh, if you have a choice between uh, standing by the decision of the collective mm -hmm. and standing by a, a position of an individual, I would still stand by the decision of the collective. Mm. That that's basically the essence of that, however painful it is, mm. uh, no matter how painful it is. Uh, otherwise, we are not a Democrat mm. at the end of the day. Mm. It's, it's not dissimilar. You go to an election, a national election, yeah. and the majority vote for a particular person, and you then say these people are wrong. Uh, the minority are right. Therefore, the minority candidate wins. It, it just jars, just yeah. jars, and you, it's very difficult to relate mm. to it if you have spent most of your life uh, fighting for democracy and for the right of the majority uh, to, to decide, of course, subject to, mm. to the uh, rights of the minority. What, was it painful for you? How did you deal with the situation where uh, you take over from Tambara as um, the president of MDC, uh, uh, your, your, your faction, I'll call it that way, 
And Robert Mugabe refuses to uh, uh, swear you in as a, as a deputy prime minister. How, how did you take that? Because I don't remember ever reading. Share us your, your thoughts, your intimate thoughts when, when this man refused. I, 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 could, I could feel your pain, but I, I never got to talk to you about this. How did that... Uh... Um, it was difficult, uh, but again, not unexpected. Uh, as it turns out, I actually did have a, a personal one-on-one uh, -on -one conversation with uh, President Kabe at that time uh, in his office. Mm. And I tried to understand, uh, but how could he seek to make a decision for uh, the MDC, uh, which had gone to Congress at a new leadership, and uh, he was bound under the um, Inclusive Government Agreement uh, to follow the, the decision of the uh, MTC. And uh, in his uh, way, he says to me basically, look, uh, we are a team. Uh, me, Morgan, and Arthur are a team. Uh, but you can't replace us. <laughs> <laughs> You, you can't replace You're interfering us. with the threesome. Exactly, you can't. So, so I, I chuckled, and said, but uh, it's not for you uh, to make that decision. And uh, he was casual about it, comfortable about it, that no, uh, in his view, it is wrong uh, for leadership uh, to be changed in the manner that uh, we as MTC change leadership. So, so I read into that. Uh, in the during that conversation, mm. what I read uh, through his different uh, words and explanation was to say, "Look, you you are trying to set a precedent that I can be removed." Ah, right. Ah. So, so that's the impression I walked out of his office with on that day. Mm. That uh, if if we allow you to do this, you'll basically be allowing you to say, uh, maybe Zanu PF can can remove me or somebody can remove me. So yeah. so I I just walked out of there and said, look, uh, I can understand this man. Uh, this has become about mm. him uh, rather than about the MTC mm. and its leadership. Mm. Well, when we started, uh, I, I did uh, mention that you are you are a lawyer, you are a businessman, a full professor. You've lectured in uh, uh, in constitutional law. You've participated in the formation of uh, some of the most important uh, um, NGOs in this country, Zim Rights, NCA, and that kind of stuff. You have been Minister of Commerce uh, in, uh, in Zimbabwe, so I rub, I rub shoulders with powerful people <laughs> like you. T tell me, when you look at your life, what has surprised you most about your life? Well, if... Uh, let, let let me understand it broadly. I know this question can mean two or three things, but the meaning I ascribe to it. The, the one thing that uh, sort of surprised me the most mm -hmm. in my public life was that uh, it is possible for national leaders to publicly commit to sign an agreement to agree to abide, abide by it 
and then uh, to simply then refuse mm -hmm. uh, to honor that agreement. That, that, that is one thing I could not comprehend. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the day that the global political agreement was signed, uh, President Kaiwe signing, President Begi being there, everybody ululating, celebrating, I genuinely thought that uh, adults who are national leaders, when they commit their signatures... It's, it's, to, it's to making me laugh because you're as naive as me as a politician, <laughs> but anyway... <laughs> So, so yeah. you are right, uh, maybe it was the naivety of it all mm. that uh, sort of shocked me because I did it during uh, almost the five years in the inclusive government. I, I kept doing this debate with the colleagues in Zanapia, but you signed up to this. Mm. How, how can you now refuse to uh, implement? Mm. The, the president of your party signed up to this. The president of the country signed up to mm. this. How could you, in, in honor, mm. uh, then behave as if you did not sign up to it? So, so this is the sort of thing that mm. uh, I, I think came as a, as a surprise to me and uh, sort of uh, made me lose a great deal of faith in humanity mm. and a great deal of faith in political leaders mm. uh, uh, because I was brought up to believe that uh, when you give your word, when you sign up to something, mm. you must be man enough uh, to honor your word, no matter how difficult it is. Uh, when I grew up, my father would say, you gave your word, mm. right? Whatever the pain, you must honor your mm. word. Mm. And I, the, this I couldn't understand. Mm. Let's go to exactly what you've just said now. When you grew up, where were you born? Um, uh, our, our viewers love to, to know where my guests were born, where they grew up. Clearly, there was a set of values that formed who Welshman is. The Welshman who, when coming in here, I say to a politician, and you say, no, I'm not a politician. <laughs> um, tell me, where were you born? Which schools did you go to? Well, um, I, I was born, obviously, in Rhodesia, in a, in a village uh, called uh, Maboleni. Um, which um, is uh, some 50 kilometers from Guelu. Uh, just after Lua Guelu Mission, I grew up there. I went to a primary school five kilometers from my homestead, uh, which was called Makulambila Primary School. So for uh, seven years, uh, we walked uh, the five kilometers to five kilometers back, which was approximately 10 kilometers uh, each day mm -hmm. minimum. And mm -hmm. of course, after that, uh, when you get home, you will be told the, the younger boys lost the, uh, the cows, uh, the the cows uh, in particular the oxen. Yeah. Um, so you being the bigger boy, and I look back and say, but why was I thought I was a bigger boy <laughs> in grade seven? <laughs> And uh, you will get, get your legally not carry and your dogs. Uh, 7 p.m. in the middle of the night, you'll go into the jungle. I hated uh, that. <laughs> and, uh, and come back with these oxen. The, and we, we were so skilled, you know. Uh, it would be dark, uh, no moon sometimes. And you, you were so alert 
that uh, the, the, these uh, oxen will the have bells. the bells. And if it just, it, they'll be sleeping. Hmm? And if it just shakes once like this, you'll know exactly yeah. what direction it came from. And you'll know that that is my bell, not anybody <laughs> else's bell. And you'll go there. So, so that, that, that's, that's where uh, I, I, I grew up. And from there I went and did one year stint at uh, the SDA Luakwero uh, Mission for mm. Form 1. Mm. Then I uh, went to Luveve. That's where Are I you did. still a practicing SDA? Yes, yes. Okay. So I went uh, to Luveve Secondary um, uh, for three years. Then uh, after that, Mzuligaz, that's where you, you came went. to my school. Yes, Mzuligaz <laughs> High School. <laughs> came to your school yeah. um, and uh, then did form five form mm. six there you recall you were uh, two or so years behind me mm. and uh, left you there mm. went to use it and you you found us uh, now you came to my university <laughs> 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 found us at use it yeah. and uh, the rest is history mm. and uh, you did at, at use it you did uh, the first degree in law, what, what degrees did you, well, did you work I, away the, with? At that time, you know, there was the dichotomy between the procedural and mm. the substantive BL law. So and then LLB. LLB. So mm. I did the three years BL, the one year LLB. Mm. Uh, then uh, got recruited uh, by Professor Ray Justin, uh, who was... Uh, is Ray still alive? Yes, he, he is. Yeah, because I see him on on, on Facebook from yeah, time sure. to time. Is, uh, amazing Zimbabwean, yeah. amazing man. He, the person had probably the greatest uh, intellectual influence uh, on me, and uh, one of uh, very few white guys that uh, you uh, would was not conscious that he was a white mm. man in, in every respect. And, and that says a lot. Absolutely. And, uh, completely sort of de-racialized as a, as a human being. Mm. Uh, then, of course, uh, went and, and did part of my master's at the University of, of Oslo uh, on a sandwich uh, program with the University of Zimbabwe. Mm. Um, and uh, so... so uh, and then came back to use it mm. and, uh, and started teaching. Mm. How is farming? Are you enjoying farming? I, I find farming is the most difficult thing. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's challenging, but yeah. perhaps I, 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 I do the part of the farming I have a passion for, mm. which, is, uh, which is ranging. Mm. So uh, what, what I do is uh, uh, ranging, so I, I do cakely by and large. Mm. Uh, it is much uh, easier and uh, uh, less intense than, mm. than cropping, but uh, sort of it is a hobby, a passion uh, that uh, uh, my, my father uh, taught me and uh, one of uh, his uh, pleasures uh, when we grew up was uh, to watch his uh, Mombes and mm. Komozake coming back uh, in the evening. My assets are walking yes, uh, back. And uh, raising dust and we are bringing them back mm. and he's uh, standing there and watching it. So it, it is something mm. that uh, I do out of, uh, out of love. Our viewers who are all over the world love books. Do you have any books that you've read uh, that have made a huge impact that you'd want to recommend to our viewers? 
if I to pick one book, mm -hmm. a book of literature to um, uh, recommend to anyone, mm -hmm. it, it is Charles Dickens' uh, Bleak House. Mm -hmm. uh, that that was uh, my favorite book. Why? Why? Um, I, I think it's, it's classical literature. Mm -hmm. as, a, as a work of literature, uh, it is beautifully uh, written. Um, also, um, I suppose, as one who was also attracted to law, uh, it, uh, it uh, deals with a, a, a lot of legal stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, this estate which is administered forever and ever until the money runs out and showing the injustice of um, uh, the, the English system mm -hmm. at, at that time. But the more modern book uh, that uh, I uh, enjoy uh, reading is uh, and go devil on the cross. Mm. So uh, the younger people are less likely to relate to the dance. Mm. Uh, Charles uh, Dickens' Bleak House would probably, f uh, particularly those who are politically mm. minded, mm. those who yearn for a sense of justice and who sort of would want to look at African society sometimes in satirical terms, mm. uh, then that's the sort of book that uh, I have read uh, several times. Wow. And the third one? Uh, the, uh, the third one, I probably uh, would recommend you back to uh, the one perhaps also with, I, I quote uh, more often than uh, most is uh, Shakespeare's uh, Macbeth. Mm -hmm. I, I, I think it is a classical uh, book in terms of uh, depicting our our lives, the particularly the tragedies in life, where you say this one a flaw in an individual, and I see it all the time, mm -hmm. a tragic flaw, mm -hmm. which leads to the to the demise of an individual. So, so I still read uh, Macbeth uh, to this day because wow. uh, I, I, it reminds me uh, of the obligation each one of us mm. to identify our uh, weakest spots and work on them and ensure that they do not overwhelm mm. our lives and uh, we end up in tragedy. Wow, awesome stuff. Have you read, there's a book by, recommended by James Mshore on Shakespeare and power. It's a beautiful analysis of uh, Shakespeare's writing on power and, uh, and uh, treason and, 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 and stuff like that. It's beautiful. It's just, it's just come out now. Um, okay. Yeah, it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll send you. Uh, Please send yeah, me the send details you, uh, and then yeah, I can, uh, I can uh, look for it. And, uh, Washman, thank you so much for the hours that you've put in helping write a constitution for Zimbabwe, the global uh, political agreement that brought in um, uh, uh, the uh, unity government, the work that you still do in the, um, in, the, in the opposition. This is the loyal opposition that should be granted 
uh, a respectable position in our par parliament and in our society. Thank you for the time that you've given, Walsh. Thank you, Trevor. Really have enjoyed this conversation. Thank you very much. Thank you. Allow me, Walsh, to turn to our viewers who are all over the world who've made this show the success that it has become. Thank you so much for tuning in every Monday at 7 a.m. Central African time. To ensure that you don't miss out on any of these quality conversations, I invite you to click on this red button. You will get an alert that tells you we have a quality conversation ready for your viewing pleasure. We've gone a step further, created a podcast for you. Scroll below this video, you'll find a link to a podcast. We read all your comments. Uh, the criticisms, the suggestions as to who should come on, uh, keep on uh, uh, sharing those and indeed sharing the videos. Until next time, cheers you, to you all.